The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Let's Get Radical is brought to you by Avalara, sales tax automation for businesses of all sizes. Visit us on the web at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A dot com. Welcome to the business show that will change the way you look at your business practice, your organization, and yourself. This is Let's Get Radical with Liz Gold and Jody Paydar. On today's show, you'll get the straight scoop on what it means to be radical and how it can help you become the next success story. Now, here are your hosts, Jody and Liz. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Let's Get Radical. I'm your host Liz Gold and usually Jody is here but she's not here she had an emergency to take care of so it's just me uh so if you notice the the show started a little differently that's why but we're so psyched um today because we have Minda Hartz on the show today and she is the founder and CEO of The Memo um a premier career development platform for women of color. The memo helps women of color prepare for their seat at the table with education, community, and access. Um, Minda was nominated as a change maker at the White House State of the White House State of Women Summit in 2016. She is the mem- a member of the New York Junior League and volunteers at women's shelters across New York City, helping women. A- enhance their resumes and interview skills. Um, Minda has been featured in Essence Magazine and The Guardian, and she also serves as a mentor at General Assembly. Welcome to the show, Minda. Thank you for having me, Liz. So glad that you're here. So let's talk about the memo and how did you create the memo? Where, where did the idea come from? Tell us the story behind it. Yes. So, you know, being a a woman of color in uh, corporate America, you sometimes get lonely being the only one over time. And so they talk about seats at the table. Well, I was thankful to have one, but I didn't see other people that looked like it around me. And so I thought, what could I do to help create more seats for women that look like me? And when I looked at the career development platforms uh, out there, there were really great information. I used their resources, but the women that created them didn't look like me either. So you have these different conversations and biases that happen, so you can only speak to it to a certain degree, right? And so I started mm-hmm. to think, okay, <laughs> what could I do to help women of color? And so I thought, okay, let's do career boot camps to help prepare because, quite frankly, we're not all ready to sit down and lead day one, right? Sometimes we get a seat and we're not really ready to have that seat, but there's certain skills we need to enhance along the way. So essentially that's where the idea came from and uh, just my way of giving back. Yeah. And so much to explore right there. So I want to, let's take a step back and, and talk to me a little bit about your corporate background and what your experience was in corporate America. Cause I know it's, it's not easy at all. <laughs> yeah, it's not, <laughs> but well, it's funny. I would, I'm working on a project right now, and as I was talking to one of our developers, I said, you know, no one gives you a manual as a black and brown person that says, hey, these are the biases that you're going to come up against. These yeah. are the stereotypes. These are the things. And so you just kind of get into it a little naively, not knowing that there would be some hurdles, or at least for me, I didn't know that they were there. And so uh, along the way, I just worked really hard and thought, okay, well, this has to be in a meritocracy, right? Like if you're smart enough, you're, you're a performer, things happen, but that's not always how it is. And there's a certain, you know, game that has to be played. There's, you know, you need to go to happy hours. You need to go um, stay later. You know, there's certain things along the way that I just had to, I, I looked around me and I saw that my counterparts were doing and I thought, okay, I need to build my network. I need to do X, Y, and Z. And I need to get in good with the people who have a seat at the table because that's how you make, um, things happen. And so for me, uh, you know, I had a, for a long time, I didn't have any real issues. I worked hard and eventually, uh, was promoted, but there came a point in my career where I started to meet, um, other people in senior roles who kind of were, I call kind of blockers, you know, who don't, 
don't mm. want you at the table, and um, you mm. start to realize, okay, there's work to be done, and you don't experience it. You don't know about it until you experience it, right? You can hear about it, but until you actually experience it. And I thought, well, I want other women to be able to know what's the way to, how do we handle this professionally and diplomatically? Uh, because then again, you don't want to get labeled, you know, the the angry black woman or this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's all these fine lines to how you navigate the workplace as a woman of color. Right. And so it sounds like there was a threshold, like people were okay with you reaching a certain level. But once you hit that level, it was sort of like, oh, you know, and then there was more barriers and obstacles. Does that sound? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And so, yeah. And so what kind of biases, you know, were you experiencing, you know, in the workplace, um, in your, in your corporate world? You know, I will say that I did have a lot of great uh, mentors and sponsors along the way, so Mm -hmm. that was a great buffer. But there were times where I was up against people who have just an old way of thinking, right? I remember in my uh, early in my career to Midway, um, I had a woman that I worked with who would always refer to me as the black girl. You know, so things that would happen (laughs) along the way. I mean, we'd literally be in meetings and she would say, she, instead of calling me Minda, she would refer to me as the black girl or when she was oh talking gosh. to me about somebody else. And those are things that you're like, okay, how do I handle that? How do I dress this? <laughs> yeah. That, right. And, um, and so those are certain things, just little microaggressions yeah. uh, that you have to navigate. And you, again, you don't know how to handle them because you don't want to create a scene, but yet you still want to handle it so that no one else thinks that this is okay. And so I think it was more of the microaggressions, uh, the, the subtle type of um, racism that would happen along the way. And so those were the things that I would come up against. And so did anybody on your team or in the meeting, like, step up and say, hey, uh, Minda actually has a name? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> or, I mean, that would be, I would imagine, be like the appropriate thing to do if you're in the room and hearing something like that. But it doesn't sound like that might have happened. No, actually, it didn't happen <laughs> that way. And I think it, I, I would have loved for someone else to step up. Um, but it's a very uncomfortable feeling when those things are yeah. happening and taking place. And um, I didn't have that person that said, hey, this is not right. They would say it behind closed doors when we weren't in the large settings. But I think uh, those people were surprised that this was happening as well. And I remember I got to a point, Liz, where I said, you know, this is not okay. And I yeah. had a conversation with, you know, one of the powers that be and said, you know, I don't appreciate this type of behavior. There's a lot of this going on. And and it was a female um uh, that I was speaking with and she says to me, you know, I thought you were stronger than this. I thought you could handle this type of thing. Oh, said, you wow. <laughs> this is um, making me so angry. This is not what I'm hired for. And she had a conversation with me and she was very candid. She's like, this woman is a, is a high performer. She's been here a long time. Um, you're really great and we value you. So you have two options. You could either stay here and put up with it or, you know, leave, and I, and so that was what I did. <laughs> that was basically wow. how that happened, yeah. So, side so, note, um, company managers, this is not the way to handle the situation. <laughs> you know, oh, I mean, that's, not. <laughs> yeah, that's not, absolutely that's not, not what you do, um, especially you do, if you want to make it, inc- bitter. yeah. I just got better, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, what I was going to say is that's not what you do if you want to actually create an inclusive workplace. I mean, that you don't shut off somebody's concerns and voice um, and just tell somebody to, like, you know, suck it up, essentially. I'm sorry. That sucks. (laughs) That happened. Um, But it sounds like... (laughs) Yeah. But it sounds like the fuel, it fueled you to create something that is really phenomenal for a lot of women who are in a similar situation. Um, yes, which absolutely. The memo. Um, so how did you come up with the name for the memo? Well, I wish it was some magical, like God came to me in a dream and I came up with the memo, but it wasn't, I was literally just um, coming back from a meeting from Washington, D.C. to New York City. And I was listening, I was thinking, trying to think of a name and I was listening to, um, a song by Drake, and he said, did you get the memo? 
And immediately it just like resonated with me. And I said, you know, that's the thing. Did, did they get the memo? Women of color deserve um, equal pay. They deserve a seat at the table. They deserve the C-suite. And so that was the impetus for um, the memo. And so when did you actually create it? When did, when did it actually, you know, you set up the website and you were open for business? Because you are a business. It's a business, right? It's a company. It's a company. It's a for-profit company. I believe that you can okay. do great work and still make money for what you do. And yes. so for me, uh, it actually officially started, uh, I guess, on paper in 2015. Uh, my co-founder, Lauren, and myself, we started prototyping career boot camps, and we just do pop-up career boot camps in different cities just to see, you know, do women of color want this? Do they need this? What do they think about it? And so we do them for free in different cities just as a way to say, okay, let's start with the salary negotiation boot camp because I think, you know, since women of color make less than 77 cents on a dollar, this is somewhere we could start. And so we just prototyped. And then last year, last June, we officially were open for business. We, you know, nailed down the things that were working at boot camp and enhanced different aspects and built out our platform. And so in uh, 2016 of June, we were officially formed and women could come and pay for our boot camps at that point. And are you in the New York City area or do you do them all over? So um, I, we're headquartered in New York City, but we offer on and offline career boot camps. So our physical oh, cool. boot camps are in the city, but then our online version uh, are online and, every, and anyone could take part in those. Okay, great. So when we come back, I want to talk more about the boot camps and sort of the curriculum and how you design them. Uh, so stay tuned. We'll be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at Avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1 866 472 5790. Again, that's 1 866 472 790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Let's Get Radical. I'm Liz Gold, and our guest today is Minda Hartz. She's the founder and CEO of The Memo, a career development platform for women of color. And we're talking to Minda all about um, how she created The Memo and her experience in the workplace. And I wanted to actually ask you, 
you know, can you define um, a microaggression? Because I know some people may know what that is if it actually, you know, happened, but I don't know if they actually know the word. So um, how do you define a microaggression? Yeah, no, that's a great question, Liz. I think that, yeah, it's the new kind of buzzword, but when I was growing growing up, I didn't know what microaggressions <laughs> was, but um, yeah. I think it's, it's termed um, a dismissal of an underrepresented group. So, for example, I remember riding with uh, a, an old boss of mine, and I picked him up from the airport, and I had on, like, a burnt orange fingernail polish, and he says to me, you, you people really love your bright colors. Oh, yeah. Wow. So that's considered like a microaggression. Like you're kind of telling a joke, but at whose expense? You know, some of the things that we say that can be inappropriate. And I don't believe he meant anything by it, but it's just those things that we kind of say that we don't think about sometimes that could affect the other person. Right. And it's like he's also generalizing and stereotyping at the, you know, all in one sweeping comment. So, um, yeah, that's a good example of a microaggression. And they happen all the time in the workplace um, to women of color. And so what, you know, what are some specific challenges that women of color face? Because you mentioned that, you know, women of color are not making as much even as as white women. And white women obviously don't make as much as white men. So what are some specific challenges that they are facing in the workplace? True. So I think that the number one thing that I'd love for your listeners to know is that when we do say women make 77 cents on a dollar, it's just like one size fits all. And then that's not true because now we've left black women, um, Latino women, Asian women, all, et cetera, out of the conversation. And women of color make anywhere from 54 cents to 64 cents on a dollar. And so who's advocating for those women, (laughs) right? Right, right. Exactly. And for, I can speak for African-American women because I I am one, uh, one of those things, not all African-American women, but one of the challenges that we face with making so low on the pay scale is that many of us are first generation college students. And so we're the ones to quote unquote make it. And so our families rely heavily on us to help Mm -hmm. out and be the breadwinners and um, give back. So, you know, oftentimes that's where our feeling drops uh muscles are being flexed within our community with our family. And so if we're not making what we should be, then that hinders us. And also, too, there's not a lot of CEOs that are uh, black women or brown women. I think mm-hmm. Ursula Burns was our last African-American CEO at Xerox, and I believe she um, left Xerox last year. And so, you know, there's a, a disparaging pipeline through there that we have to fix. And so the memo is so awesome because we're preparing women for those roles, right? And so if if you walk into your first business meeting and you don't know how to, what fork to use, we have an etiquette boot camp for that. Um, if, how do you deal with microaggressions? We have a boot camp for that because there's ways in which you can handle them in a very professional uh, way so that your colleagues aren't afraid of you or, you know, think of you as this one label, but there's a way to have these conversations in a very... Um, respectable way. And so I, I think it's just nice for women of color to say, oh, I dealt with that too, or these are some of the challenges that I face, and we can see each other in the same lens, right? Yeah, because I can imagine if when you're faced with something like a microaggression or, you know, more blatant outright racism or sexism, you know, it's it's hard. It can be very, like, it's hard to know like what, how to respond and how it could probably be very emotional too. And obviously, you know, how do you do it? It sounds like having the tools that can help you speak and stay in your power and advocate for yourself is, is really important. Um, you know, cause the example that you gave, it's like, you know, you can't really, you can't really just flip out at somebody in an office, <laughs> you know, like, even though if you, even though you might want to, uh, you know, I mean, there have been times that I've been, want, uh, that I've wanted to, um, you know, uh, flip out at people because of sexist or transphobic or homophobic remarks in an office place, in an office. And it, it's like, 
okay, how do you handle it? How do you step back and actually do this so the person can hear you um, and they don't dismiss you? So, um, so let's talk about some of the curriculum that you create uh, for the memo. How did, how did you come up with this, the different types of boot camps? Well, when we first started, I thought about what were tools in my personal toolkit that I needed that I felt like I would have done better had I had them. And so, for one, the salary negotiation, because I think that's Mm -hmm. for women as a whole. We don't often know our first job that we should uh, negotiate for more because it's the first time that many of us are making X amount of dollars. And we're like, okay, this is great. You know, I'm not going to rock the boat. Uh, but if you ever want to make six figures, the more you don't have that conversation, the less you're going to get to your obtained salary goal. And so we talk about salary negotiation. That's one of our big boot camps. Also, the, the power of leveraging your network and creating a network, because I feel like in the black and brown community, we need to leverage our network. We need to build out a really great network. And so we talk about how to do that strategy for who needs to be in your network. So we follow the the principles of Malcolm Gladwell and his book, The Tipping Point, having mavens and salesmen and connectors, you know, who are these people that you need in your space and who can you be that for as well? Mm -hmm. And then another popular boot camp is um, leadership. And so, you know, maybe you're not leading or managing right now, but there's certain tools and there's certain um, traits that you need to prepare for that, you know, because oftentimes many of us are promoted into these leadership positions or manager positions, and we really don't know how to lead and to manage people. <laughs> so it's just creating yeah. that space to be able to do that uh, in a really empower, empowering way. So are the boot camps a day long? Like how long are they? And also um, if, for, if somebody signed up, what, what could they expect? Yes, that's a great question. So if people were to go to myweeklymemo.com, they can find all of our boot camps there. But, uh, and we, I should say this, Liz, even though we are a platform for women of color, we welcome all women because I think mm-hmm. it's important that even some of our instructors are non-women of color because true diversity happens when you have all voices at the table and we mm-hmm. both get something out of it. And so I, we even have some men that teach some of our, our courses because we should have these diverse voices at the table. So I just wanted to preface that. Yeah, no, that's um, great. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, but, but we do have, um, so our physical boot camps are three hours in New York City. In the first hour, we have um, a guest speaker. So say, for example, we bring a partner from Goldman Sachs. And oftentimes, you, you know, one of the partners at Goldman Sachs, say, for example, Edith Cooper, she's an African-American woman, but you don't always see, you might not have known that. You don't, you see, you see Cheryl Sandberg, you see Marissa Mayer, you see a lot of um, Caucasian CEOs you don't, or managing directors, but you don't get to see these women of color that are crushing it out there. And so we bring some of those women to teach some mm-hmm. of the, to talk about some of their experiences because we believe representation is so important. When you can mm-hmm. see someone who's made it, that helps and it is inspiring to you. So we have a speaker. The third hour, we have a group of career coaches, I'm sorry, the second hour are career coaches and panelists that can talk about um, navigating the workspace and whatever the topic is. And then the, our clients can ask questions. It's a very intimate environment. We tend to take uh, no more than 20 to 30 women so that they can actually ask the questions that they need and have access to our speakers and our coaches. And then the third hour is a curriculum that we've built. So if it's a salary negotiation boot camp, um, we tailor it to where that woman is in her career and how she can navigate 30, 60, 90 days out and leave on a Saturday morning and implement it on a Monday morning. So those are our physical boot camps. And then our online versions are condensed to one hour. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you're really packing a punch with, within the day. It's like career boot camp, you know, I say. It's like, <laughs> it's there. Yeah. We have to get it in. You have to come ready to sweat. And anyone yeah. that shows up on a Saturday morning for three hours to talk about salary negotiation or she's yeah. serious, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I, you know, I was going to ask you, where are women in their careers? You know, is it, are they, you know, just sort of getting that first corporate job and they're looking to ha- for help and support? navigating the workplace or are they more mid-level I mean or is it a range who who are who's coming to you yeah so we see it's interesting we see 
anywhere from 25-year-olds to 50-year-olds, so mid-management, early in their career, but then also mid-level women who feel stuck or they feel like the the times have changed, right? Networking has changed. Some of the things, working with millennials, that's a different type of experience. So some of those older, more seasoned uh, workers are coming in. And I love it because it's like a a generation gap. We are able to fill that. So the the women who've been in their career maybe 10-plus years can connect with women who are, you know, three to five years in. And so there's some synergies that they can now leverage one another. So it's great. So there's, so there's networking going on between the participants of the boot camp too. support. Yes. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. That's so nice. That's important too, because so at boot camp we, we have opportunities for them to network, but then if you're in New York, we host a monthly networking event called after six, where it's just networking because we feel like, we have this saying that uh, has to help a sister out. You know, talk to women. Find out what you're doing. If there's something yeah. that you're doing that you want them to help you out with, vice versa, this is where we can help each other. And that's all women, black, white, brown. You know, how do we help other women get to where they're go- they need to be? Do you feel like that's improving just, you know, in general, women helping each other in the workplace? Or do you feel like there's still sort of the stereotype of, like, women being catty and not really, you know, making it more challenging for women. Like, oh, I had to do this X, Y, and Z back in my day, and now you're, you have to deal with it too. You know, do you feel like it's improving, or is there still, like, a lot of work to be done? You know, unfortunately, I think that there's still a lot of work to be done because the women that attend our boot camp, I'm still hearing, oh, this woman is blocking me, or she wants to be the only one, or, you know, she mm-hmm. has the secret sauce, and she likes to keep it secret <laughs> you know so it hurts yeah. my heart when I when I hear this because I'm always been just a, a woman's woman like I, whatever I can do to help that's just the person that I've always been and I think that yeah. the more that we can create this culture of women helping women we can kind of snuff out those ones that want to be want to hoard all the power right <laughs> so it's but we have some work to do yeah I mean I think it's a mindset of abundance that there's like enough to go along around and I think the more we can think about that and the more that we can sort of help each other get to the next place I mean it sounds like a little Pollyanna but I mean that's true you know Uh, so um yeah it is well we're I I talk about it all the time it's that if we these scarcity roles like we're working out of like oh there's only like two loaves and uh, one fish you know so I have to like hoard it for myself but that's that's the power of creating seats so if you're doing a rock star job at the table, then you could create a seat for somebody else. And I think if we just get out of that mentality of there's yeah. only, there can only be one, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. I think that's old school mentality. So we're going to, con- we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to continue talking to Minda about her business and how, how she structures her business and learn more about that. So stay tuned. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A. 
Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. You are listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Let's Get Radical. I'm Liz Gold. And before we continue, I just need to give a quick shout out to Intuit, our sponsor. Thank you very much. And our guest today is Minda Hartz. She is the founder and CEO of The Memo, which is a career development platform for women of color. You should definitely check it out. Um, And so, Minda, let's talk about your business because you set this up as a business model, um, as a business so let's talk about your model. How do you? How did you structure your business? Um, do you have employees? Um, how how are you? Talk to me about how you actually set it up. Yes. So when I first started the memo, is I was a solopreneur, uh, and for any of those mm-hmm. entrepreneurs out there, knowing that starting anything by yourself is challenging <laughs> in and of itself. Yes. So for um, <laughs> maybe ten months or so, I was running the business by myself, and then. Uh, a good friend, uh, Lauren Broussard, who's my co-founder, came on board with me, and then together we uh, run the career streets. And so it's Lauren, myself, and then we have a, a few interns that work with us. And so uh, we're about a team of four, and our membership model, I'm sorry, our business model is a membership model. So we have members mm-hmm. of our memo community who are um, – buying into the packages that we have with boot camps, but then we also have it available for those who aren't members that can just uh, buy uh, a la carte. And so um, we function off of the principles of integrity, generosity, and resilience. And so everything that we do comes from those, those three key pillars. That's great. Yeah, it's really important to set those types of values because that, it sounds like it just infiltrates everything you do. Um, so how did you decide, I guess, do you, what kind of tools do you use? And also, did you use anybody like an accountant or a lawyer to help you um, set it up? Yes, great question. Well, you know, when you're first starting out, you're using every free resource you can possibly find. And so um, one of the things that I wanted to mention, too, is when I first started, a lot of people were saying, well, why don't you, why aren't you in a nonprofit and, um, and I thought, well, yeah, I could go that route, and that's great. But, you know, as a social entrepreneur, again, I think that it's important that you can do social good and still um, be a really great company. And so we decided that, you know, being a, a for-profit company was, was the right way for us. And from there, uh, I invested my, took my savings and invested my own money into to the memo. And so um, we use sites like Squarespace and free newsletter sites like MailChimp and SurveyMonkey and um, just there's so many tools out there on, online. So f- for us, we just used everything we could so that we could invest majority of uh, the money into just recruiting um, women of color to come to the platform and to do the boot camps. And so uh, after we had a, a good run with the boot camps, we were able to reach out to companies uh, for sponsorships and partnerships along the way. And so um, we're really big on partnerships. One of our partners is Breather. They're an on-demand event meeting space. And so once they found out what we were doing, uh, they're one of our, uh, they host our boot camps on Saturdays in New York City. So uh, there's ways to get things done. You just have to be really creative. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like collaborations and partnerships. 
um, have been really key for you. And so how do you decide who to partner with? Um, and do you, you know, how, what, is there a sort of like a common denominator that needs to be met for a successful partnership, would you say? Yes, I would say so. So one of the things is, you know, is the company helping advance people of color or women? And so those are the the companies that we feel or or organizations that we can align with. Uh, Recently, we started partnering with Elevate Network, and and they're a women's networking organization, and they do really great work. So it made sense for us to partner on boot camp, or I'm sorry, workshops, salary negotiation for that matter, and, um, and bringing more women of color to their platform and um, others to ours. And so I think that if you have those similar synergies of advancing women, period, uh, then it makes it very easy. And so those are the type of partners that we look to connect with or companies who want that, right? Right. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. And do you do consulting for companies? Because I know that you do speak, um, you're a speaker, and you, you know, you... um, talk about a variety of different topics, like how to be your greatest advocate and progress as possible. Um, you know, how to be successful, even when the odds are stacked against you. Are you, are you going into companies too and sort of doing and speaking there or, um, do you do consulting? Yes, we do. So, uh, recently in the, in the past year, we've been approached by companies. So now we go into, uh, for example, Time Inc., they have affinity groups of color. So they'll ask us to come in and do a a boot camp or a workshop on how to create your perfect pitch or how to, um, how, how to pitch, how to advocate for yourself, you know, various topics that we cover. And so we are working with Time Inc., uh, New York Public Library, we've done some work for them, and um, right now we're in talks with a couple of other um, Fortune 500 companies to come in and do work with their affinity groups and also talk to their managers that manage people of color so that they have the right tools in their toolkit, and so um, that's very important. And personally, then, I do a lot of speaking around advancing women and women of color. Yeah, so it's it's a mix, and I think... You know, the piece about diversity inclusion, which, you know, for companies is obviously like really important. And I think it's more important now than ever. I mean, it's always been important, but now it's since our political climate, I think creating an environment of diversity, inclusion and equitable opportunities is really important. And so, I mean, what can companies or, you know, CEOs or hiring managers do to make sure that their environment is inclusive. You know, so it's interesting. Right now, I think you're seeing a a high push for more diversity in in the workplace, and I think that's awesome. So there's a lot of platforms that are helping companies recruit more diverse talent, but the thing that my hope, the focus that I have essentially is once you get that diverse talent in the door, what are you doing to cultivate them? Do they Mm -hmm. feel included? Do they feel like I do have a seat at the table or there's a track for me because it's really great if you have a lot of women and a lot of people of color working at your company, but if still nobody is in the C-suite or no one's in mm-hmm. roles that can, are decision makers, then we're, it's almost like, uh, what, what are we doing this for, right? Are we just checking a right. box and say we have, you know, 20% um, African-Americans working at the company or do you want the table to reflect your, your pool. And so for me, I think that you have to have people around the table that represent others that work in your company. So if you have, you know, African-American or Hispanic people in the company, then you should have somebody on your board or on your executive team that also mirrors that so that you have that voice that can speak to that. Because there's a lot of diversity and inclusion advocates speaking right now who don't necessarily look like the people that they're representing. And I'm not saying that they can't speak to that, but it's right. much more powerful when you can see yourself up there as the advocate. Right. And I, you know, I think it's easy for companies to just say, Hey, we're di- quote unquote diverse. Look at us, you know, but yes. I think it's really important, especially in the accounting world, which Jody and I are both in it's, you know, it's like, yes, there are people of color, you know, who are, are maybe associates and they are, you know, mid-level. But when you get to the partner level, when you get to the sort of the CEO level, there are very few and 
far between. And it's, it's very problematic. And I think, I think without that representation, without really, you know, making the path very clear and putting some serious resources behind changing that, it's just going to be lip service. So I think, I, you know, I think for companies that are trying to be more inclusive, they need to really um, have a strategic plan and figure out, and with intention, how they're going to get people of color at, at the table in decision-making roles. So it yeah. sounds like you're really prepping women to get there, but also I think companies have a lot of work to do to make sure that is happening and are welcome, you know, who are open to... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, for me, like I tell the women, women at boot camp, don't give anybody a reason to ever tell you no. So if you know that yeah. to be in the C-suite, um, there's a lot of public speaking that goes into that. So attend a public speaking boot camp, you know, work on your skills right now. So even if your company doesn't offer professional development, invest in yourself. Uh, and, and that's important so that you can say, hey, I've spent the last six months working on X, Y, and Z. So you present the case. And sometimes we have to, as being our best advocate, we have to create those opportunities for ourselves. And, um, and I think that that's, you know, even more so important is just empowering ourselves and not waiting for somebody else to, to do it for us. Yeah, agreed. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to continue to talk to Minda Hartz. Stay tuned. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1 866 472 5790. Again, that's one 866 You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Let's Get Radical. I'm Liz Gold, and our guest today is Minda Hartz. She is the CEO and founder of The Memo, a career development platform for women of color. And we've been having a really amazing conversation about all of the work that she does and so, Minda, where do you see the memo in, say, the next year and then in maybe five years? Where would you like, to, where would you like it to go? Yes. Well, I would love it to go to be the premier spot for women of color, the go-to place. So there's a mm-hmm. lot of career resources out there. And I think that ours is so unique because we tailor it to 
where you are at in your career, that step-by-step, if you're entry-level, mid-career, or senior level, we have something for you. And so for me, my life's work is to advance women of color in the workplace. And so I want it to be that where we have not just New York, but we have one in Los Angeles, or we have one uh, Mm -hmm. memo headquarters in Chicago. So building out these branches so that we can bring more curriculum and community to different cities across the country so that women of color have a space where they feel confident and comfortable to succeed. That's fantastic. I'd love to be doing more corporate workshops because I feel like there's a lot of companies that uh, need the need the assistance in the DNI space, and we'd love to be helpful in that. Yeah, I see a lot of work for you ahead in that area. Um, so <laughs> I think that <laughs> I can connect you some, with some people in the accounting world. I'm sure there's um, a lot of room um, for that kind of training. So I think um, so. I was going to ask you. Oh, who? So who inspires you? I know that's kind of a random off the cuff question, but like, you know, when you think of, when you think of people who are running their business or who, who's doing whatever it is in life, like who inspires you? You know, actually, so my mother, she's definitely an inspiration and, uh, you know, she was a teenage mom and, and I'm so happy that, you know, she was able to provide a, you know, a good life for me and, and so just her resilience and her drive was really helpful for me to say, okay, I want more and I, I want to do this and uh, be a success, be someone that she could be proud of. And, you know, for me, the women that come to boot camp, uh, I'm so inspired by them because these are women who said, you know what, I want more out of my career. I'm not sure what I should be doing or how I, I can get there, but I know I want more and I want to invest in myself. And anybody that, you know, takes their heart on money and says, you know, I'm going to enhance my skills that's inspiring to me. And so, um, you know, and also too, um, not on a political sense, but Michelle Obama, the the former first lady, you know, for the Mm -hmm. first time in my life, was I able to see someone that looks like me in one of the most powerful offices in the, in the country, right. Um, next to the the former president. And so to be a, a woman of color and see that, and, you know, I grew up in California and, and, later in Chicago and to see a, a, a girl from the South side of Chicago raised mm-hmm. uh, to that level. Uh, it, it's just so inspiring. And so I'm just so happy that in my lifetime, I was able to see that because it's hard when you don't see people that look like you in the media or in the, mm-hmm. um, on television. And so it's so inspiring when you get to see that. And that's why for me, the memo is important because I want more women of color to see that there are other women of color doing amazing things, even if you don't read about it in the New York Times or somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I miss Michelle Obama personally. Um, I mean, <laughs> not, not that I know her, but I miss her in office. Um, <laughs> so can you, uh, real quick before we have to end and wrap up, but can you tell us a quick success story that um, happened from somebody taking you know, being part of the memo? Yes. So there's, um, so I, you know, our women that come, they're clients, obviously, but they, many of them have become family. And I remember uh, one of our family members, she came to boot camp around the first time we started almost a year ago with our career boot camps in New York City. And she was very shy. She was very timid, um, hated networking, just wasn't a little unsure um, of herself and early in her career. And she made that first step. She came to boot camp and she pretty much comes to every boot camp we have because she has a goal. She wants to, you know, be in mid management. And so the last mm-hmm. time that I saw her, which was maybe a couple weeks ago, I mean, she was working the room. She was telling me of new opportunities that she's created for herself. And, you know, it, she brought tears to my eyes because we had a moment to talk and she said, I'm so happy that I found the memo. It was something that I needed. I was able to connect with other women that look like me and I could see that we could be successful. And if I, I needed it at such a great time, and I'm so happy that I have it. And I told her that I was proud of her because she's transformed uh, right before my eyes and, and she knows that she deserves more. And sometimes it's just seeing it to believe it. And um, if I can create more um, like people who feel that way coming out of boot camp or coming out of a networking session, then I've done my job. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. That must be so exciting and gratifying. Yeah. Um, you know, you're doing something right. <laughs> so yeah, 
Totally. Totally. So, so Minda, how can people find out more about the memo and, and get in touch with you? Where are you on the interweb? I can't believe yeah, I just so said that, but I said it. it. <laughs> <laughs> it um, please find us at myweeklymemo.com and you can check out a web webinar that we do. You can come to one of our physical boot camps in New York City. If you're a company, you could sponsor a boot camp or have your women attend one, you know, be, help be the change out there to, pro, to promote women and women of color. And then you can find me on Twitter. I do tweet back at Minda Hart. Uh, in all of our Facebook, Instagram, my weekly memo, uh, you can find us. So I hope to hear from you guys. Awesome. And thank you so much. So um, as you know, we, you can get in touch with Jody and I at Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Um, we are on iTunes and Stitcher. We have a whole host of archives for, for you to check out of um, phenomenal business owners like Minda. And um, also, we're always looking for great guests. So if you have an idea of somebody that you think we should interview, please get in touch with us. Um, and let's see what else Jody would always say, please leave us some love on iTunes about the show. You know, we're always open to feedback and let's see, Jody is on Twitter. Jody paid our CPA. I'm on Twitter, Liz, Stacy gold. Um, and we're on Facebook, Facebook backslash let's get radical where we do, we announce our guests and have a little bit of conversation. So Feel free to get in touch. And um, Minda, any last minute thoughts or um, message yes, for our listeners? Thank you for having me. <laughs> and you know, I just want to leave with one last thought. There's a quote yes. that I love um, by Audre Lorde, and it's, I am deliberate and afraid of nothing. So as you think about the rest of your week, just go forth, be deliberate, and be afraid of nothing. That's awesome. That's great. Thank you so much. And please go check out the memo and check out all the great stuff that Minda is doing. And until next time, we will see you later. Thanks so much for tuning in to Let's Get Radical. Please join Liz Gold and Jody Paydar again next Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. This week, it's time for you to get radical. Let's Get Radical is brought to you by Avalara, sales tax automation for businesses of all sizes. Visit us on the web at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A dot com.